Welcome octogenarians with false teeth and those with no teeth. They give the best head, by the way. This is Side Boob Cinema, <laughs> your podcast within a podcast. My name is Ricky Orpike, and I'm joined once again by my partners in filth, Jonathan Astro and AJ. How's it hanging? Down to the floor? Partners in filth I like. I think you need to partners say that every week. That is good. Mm. Partners in filth. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's good. Keep that. Um, the stuff about head with, with no teeth. I enjoyed. <laughs> Clearly. Dreadful. You're a dreadful, <laughs> dreadful man. You know? Like a, a, a wonderful entendre just, just destroyed by by sexual. <laughs> it's a sexual crime is what I'm saying. It's a sexual crime. Like Taylor Harris said, it's a sexual crime. <laughs> so sexual crime. This is the end of our of, of this year's. May West uh, cycle. I suspect we'll be coming back next year for for uh, uh, another serving, but we ca- we finished big. This was, I think, her final film, 1978. Sex Tet. Mm. Sex Tet is the name of the film. That just means seven, doesn't it? Seven, seven people. Six. Ah, six. Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not a numbers guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Get the, no. Isn't um. Wait, before we get into it, isn't isn't Vance number six and the whole point is that Timothy Dalton's number seven? No, she refers to him all the time as number six. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a sextet, a group of six people playing music or singing together. Yeah, right. Okay, well, we've solved that. Uh, that's <laughs> that. <laughs> now, this, i got to say, when I was watching this, Ricky, I got a little bit angry at you. Picking it, Katie got angry at you as well. She goes, "What the fuck is this?" And I go, "Oh, I just got to watch because you know, again, we're just on the couch with the baby, and I just put it on. I'm like, okay, I've got to get this done. And then she was like, "What the fuck is this?" I go, "Oh, you know, it's the Mae West." And she goes, "Well, well, well, who picked it?" Oh, Ricky picked this one. She goes, "Why? This is the fucking worst." (laughs) You you know what's amazing? This is the only Mae West film my wife has seen. Oh, <laughs> so she thinks that she's just Terrible. this old yes. silly woman. She's like, "What is this?" I think her her, her 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 main criticism, or the main thing she just said, was disgusting. She's just like, "This is disgusting. <laughs> this is gross." <laughs> well, yeah, it is. Take fifteen. What's the word? What the, word, sir? The word. What's the word? Action. 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 What the world needs now is a lasting peace. And they've got it. May West. How do you like it in London, Marlowe? Oh, I like it anywhere. <laughs> in the uninhibited, unabashed, unforgettable, overexposed sex death. That dress is so fantastic that even I would wear it. In fact, I have. <laughs> Mae West is Marlo Manners. She's the most successful film star in history. I'm the girl that works at Paramount all day and fucks all night. But she won't be satisfied until she's loved by all mankind. One man at a time. Wall to wall men. Meanwhile, negotiations break down in a secret conference. And the world is on the brink of disaster. There's only one hope left. Remember, she's doing this for Uncle Sam. The world's leading expert in international relations. I don't know much about politics, but I do know a good party man when I see one. (laughs) Because no one handles heads of state like Marlowe. Oh, 
sexy Alexa. That's me. Come in, my dear. Even on her wedding night with Timothy Dalton. Stiff upper lip, you know? Well, you gotta start somewhere. George Hamilton. Give me the number to Miss Manor, sweet. I'm afraid we're not allowed to give that information out. I can. Tony Curtis. You remember that vulgar night we spent on the river? What? I mean that night we spent on the river Volga. Dom DeLuise. Hello. Are you trying to get rid of me? Oh, no. <laughs> Ringo Starr. Husband number six, meet husband number four. A pleasure. Alice Cooper. Blue's chance with you. Keith Moon. As that go. Walter Pigeon. Rona Barrett. George Rath. I haven't seen you in two years. What have you been doing? Two years. Talk, talk, talk! And the U.S. athletic team. What are you trying to do? Give me competition? All right. Oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, well, go ahead, honey. Immortal comedy will live forever. Oh, it's later than I thought! You won't. By the time she gets out of bed, there may be a new administration. See Mae West in the all-star, all-new, all-outrageous... I'm sticking up the world. Stick up, world! Sextet. And remember, parental guidance is suggested. So, <laughs> I have a synopsis for you. Uh, which was very helpful because the first time I watched it, I, I, I didn't really know what was going on. So this this might help you, okay? Now, stay with me. Okay, all right. See if we can get this out of the way. Hollywood royalty Marlo Manners, played by Mae West, has just been married for the sixth time, this time to painfully posh Sir Michael Barrington, played by Timothy Dalton. They've both retired to a fancy hotel in London, England, to consummate their marriage. Bafflingly, the hotel is being uh, used also for some sort of international conference or summit uh, where world leaders have assembled to talk in general terms about the threats facing the world. Uh, turns out they are all actually avid fans of, of Marlowe and we see the chair trying to bring the meeting to order while the men crowd around the windows to get a glimpse of the new Lady Barrington. So Marlowe's overbearing manager, Dan Turner, played by Dom DeLuise, tells her that she's needed by Uncle Sam once more because it turns out for years she's been some kind of asset for the State Department, presumably gathering intelligence from foreign dignitaries and the like in exchange for sexual favours, is what I is what I imagined happened. Yeah. Uh, so Safe bet. Uh, apparently, one of her husbands, Alexei Karansky, sexy Alexei, uh, is not just one of the world leaders attending the summit meeting, but he's also holding the whole thing up, you know, with it, with a vote. So he said that for one night of champagne and violins with his former former love Marlowe will be enough to get him to change his vote and make concessions to the U.S. Uh, Mar Marlowe agrees to pull off the mission, so it's up to her manager Dan to keep Lord Barrington busy in the meantime. Now. Dan Turner, that's Marlowe's manager, uh, also demands that Marlowe hand over a recorded tape of her memoirs to be shredded on grounds that it contains secrets and dirt on everyone, uh, Uncle Sam included. After a run-in with the hotel's ornery chef, the pink cassette tape uh, ma makes its way from Dan's pocket into a cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that confused me. Yeah, uh, it should. Uh, got into a cake. Uh Okay, we'll just save it, all right? So, Marlowe makes her move on Karansky, the Russian delegate, and gives him his night of passion. Well, it's more just some champagne and a trip down memory lane, really. I don't really do much. Uh, he offers her a slice of cake 
for some reason, and she notices the pink cassette embedded in the slice. She then craftily convinces Karansky to forego the cake, and he tosses it out the window along with the cassette tape of her memoirs inside. The cassette tape lands in the park outside and is picked up by a dog. Okay. Meanwhile, an, an Olympic athletic team have arrived at the hotel and are training nearby by chance. Uh, as Marlowe gets some air uh, on, on the Juliet balcony with Karansky, she spies the pink cassette now pierced at the end of a javelin being carried by one of the Olympic hunks. So Marlowe makes a hasty exit to follow the tape and she and follow it she does all the way to the fully kitted out gymnasium of the o- Olympic team. Before she can grab the tape off the trampoline, it, it is double bounced up and out of the building into the mouth of a lion statue a few floors up. Marlowe isn't bothered and she just sings a jaunty show tune for good measure. <laughs> Karansky finally votes the right way at the summit based on Marlowe spending the evening with him. Uh, all that's left now is for Lord Barrington and Marlowe to consummate their marriage, but all is not well. Another one of Marlowe's ex-husbands shows up, a mafia capo called Vance, played by George Hamilton, which confounds Marlowe as she was under the impression that he was actually dead. So basically, Vance is back on the scene and husband number five, uh, I think he was number five or maybe four. Anyway, uh, he wants to resume the marriage and Marlowe says that She's actually divorced him, and before, uh, so before he was de- declared dead. And in order to prove that, she needs to get the pink cassette tape back, so that her memoirs will somehow allegedly set the record straight. Uh, Dan Turner and Vance unsuccessfully try to retrieve the, retrieve the cassette tape from the lion statue, but it's, it's instead retrieved by Lord Barrington, who heard about it from the Olympic team. Of course, he did. <laughs> For some reason, he delivers the cassette to the chef who again puts it in the cake bound for the summit meeting. Marlo, Vance and Dan Turner go to the summit meeting and they agree to hear the tape played. Vance, not wanting the truth to come out, brandishes a gun and says he doesn't want the tape played. For some reason, Vance's godfather turns up and says the tape will be played. They play the tape and it turns out that Marlo did divorce Vance, but Lord Barrington has left in the meantime, feeling jilted by all the big dongs that his new wife has indulged in. Uh, Alice Cooper <laughs> sings a song and uh, Marlowe tracks down Lord Barrington and they sort of reconcile. And that's that. So that's the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so we're pimping out 84-year-olds to save the planet from World War Three. Is that that's what we're doing? That's, that's pretty so much it. Whose who's nana can we send to Ukraine? <laughs> uh, well, mine are all dead, so not yeah, them. So okay. so mine too. So let... Well, mine are deader. Okay. <laughs> we, if, we do, if we're doing it, then anyway, I got a comment here from uh, YouTube uh, uh, under the. Is the only way you can see the film. It's freely available on YouTube. Under the video, it's Mr. Jaws: The Revenge '87. Two weeks ago, this is only two weeks ago. I, says I have this in my notes. This should have been called "Old Lady Wanders Around Hotel." Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's and so I think good. that that is apt. Is it not? Yes. Good on Mr. Jaws: The Revenge. Yeah. He gets it. So, AJ, let's say hypothetically that you're an intern in the White House. You're working late one night and you end up getting a little freaky with Joe Biden. Traditionally, given the age gap, we'd say there's a power imbalance here and Joe basically raped you. But given he's 100 years old, is it elder abuse? Yes. Oh, God. So, (laughs) in the case of Mae West, where's the line between beautiful, rich, empowered cougar getting a serve of the young sausage she deserves and an 84-year-old dementia-ridden former slapper getting fleeced by an opportunistic (laughs) 30-something Brit with awkward teeth? I think she's got her marbles, though. 
Whereas <laughs> Sleepy Joe. <laughs> no, I thought I think it's just a simple uh, calculus that I do. I just say, Ricky, well, what do you think's disgusting? <laughs> and then whatever he says is, you know, that that's that's, that's, that's the, the um yeah, it's the opposite. So you just okay, go, okay. you just go. Oh, okay, all right. Well, it's yeah, it's clearly misogyny. Or something. Well, I I don't usually lead with trivia, but I wanted to share just a couple of little facts here because I think it may frame our discussion for the film. Okay? Trivia uh, extra. Ooh. Yes. This is like just, uh, you know, go for it. Okay. So, Mae West's cataracts were so thick that she was practically blind. In scenes where she was required to walk, it was usually with a gentleman holding her arm or uh, they put sandbags hidden off screen to prevent her from overstepping her marks. Oh, like just Aww. like with a bowling ball, you put up the gutter rails. Yeah, that's so right. Can't the bowling so, balls. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, West West wore an earpiece so director Ken Hughes could feed her her lines. Hughes had rewritten most of the dialogue because he and West both felt the script was weak. As a result, West had no time to study the script <laughs> to memorize her lines. Well, yes. well look, you've, there's been a lot of panning already. Have you got right. more trivia? Uh, one, one more. One more. <laughs> Sorry, because I'm going to so, get into a rant. <laughs> director Ken Hughes did later state that with uh, that with hearing loss, uh, hearing loss, West was West was unable to take direction, which caused problems in filming. Hughes recalls one incident involving a scene of West in an elevator, which took an entire day to film. After the scene was finished, Hughes wrapped production for the day. West was not within hearing range to hear Hughes' call to rap and <laughs> remained in the closed elevator for half an hour before being oh. let out. Oh. Dreadful. <laughs> Poor little old lady. So I think, like all the lines, it's just a best of. We're at a best of. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is a best of. It and is. she's just still trying to do her thing. It's her, just her signing out. Last film. Yeah. And I'm going to die after this, pretty much. Yeah. She died three three years later. Yeah. yeah. So you can't. If you've ever owned like a best of Red Hot Chili Peppers <laughs> or something, then you can't complain no. because you like it. You you clearly. You don't want to have to buy all the fucking albums to hear the two hits, That's right. Scar Tissue and <laughs> Scar <other> Tissue. <laughs> I, I hate all those later songs. By the way, I hate like chili, chili peppers so much. I hate it. I only like Blood Sugar. Sex no, Magic. no, I only like. There's that. only one album you should listen to, and that is One Hot Minute. Oh, right. What are controversial? You? Controversial. That is, that is controversial. Come on, you can't. No, nah, it's the only blood, one worth blood listening sugar. to. Come on. No, no deal. <laughs> That's it's good. one hot minute. All right. Well, anyway, the point is, if you've owned a best of, then you get That's it. That's right. She says all her best lines. I will say the script was um, not that bad in, in terms of it being like a farce. And on the stage, this would have totally worked. Mm. Totally worked. It'd be a fantastic night on the stage. And she could still pull it off on the stage because on the stage, the, the, your stage age is different. Mm. Like, you know, you, you can play... Hamlet when you're like 50 you can play you know well we don't care like I mean Patrick Stewart played fucking Macbeth and Macbeth's meant to be and this was on on um a filmed version of it still uh, but Patrick Stewart must be 70 odd uh, yeah. 70 plus and we've seen him play Macbeth and Macbeth's meant to be a man like you know at Scarface age you know like sort of like a you know someone who's whose career's ahead of him whereas the Macbeth of Patrick Stewart, if you take it literally, what, he's going to get big for five years 
and then, you know, mm. close the book. Mm. So the stage age would have been fine and it would have been a, a real experience, I think, I think on the stage. But as a film, the crimes are manifold. Like it, the, the, the cinematography is, uh, is criminal. <laughs> like, like these, these top-down bullshit shots mm. of like barely anything happening, dance numbers, which I, I won't even call them dance numbers. <laughs> Uh, just endless sort of wide shots, yes. these wide shots of everything. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like this is, it was so uninspired. And um, she, uh, uh, Katie pointed this out. She's like, it was Mae West in the room with anyone <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She's always alone. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's those scenes, as you say, where, where she was being helped around. But the, but the bulk of her stuff is her in the corner of a room saying her lines. And then on the other side, it would be fucking Dom DeLuise and yeah. Tim De- Dal- Timothy Dalton. <laughs> Yucking it up, and you and you're like, are all of you in the same room? Yeah, yeah. And and any time Mae West enters the room, they have to play that that bawdy, uh, big band like mm. like the old fashioned stripper music, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very. It's very different, you know. Hey, you can't bump and grind to that no. stuff, can you? No. Like I know what I want when I go to strip club, and I don't want. You know what they do? They they twirl those things that they put on the nipples. You know. Yes, 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 yes. You know, I don't want that. I want. I <laughs> the want tassels. The tassel there. I that's just. It. I just want hip hop. That's all I want. Dirty hip hop. Don't get some grinding. You know. You just want to see whap again. Yeah, yes, yes. See, WAP. <laughs> it's context, though. I don't want WAP um, at the gym or or in Kmart. In a car wash. I want in a car wash. I want WAP like yeah at a strip club. That's what about a belongs. sexy car wash? Uh, is there a oh, sexy right, okay, car yeah, wash? Yeah, like a like one of those shots. Oh yeah, I could go. Like. I could go one of those. <laughs> and then Homer's washing the car <laughs> in his short shorts. This is so. What we're saying is the biggest problem is that Mayweather is fucking old. So yeah. Are we, why don't we just say? It? Are we like? Are we saying that? <laughs> well, that's she died w- three years later. <laughs> no, I think. Um, I don't know. I think that. Well, that's one of the crimes. But I think if 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 the rest of the movie was was maybe a bit bit better, a bit mm. bit better made, you might get away with it. You know, because because there is something. Both hilarious and disgusting about seeing <laughs> an eighty-five-year-old woman who's meant to be twenty-eight. Yeah, like just married to Timothy Dalton, and and just like up. Well, he gets up, top marks. You know, just up for up for anything and everyone. No, but there's no there's no acknowledgement of of her stage of life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which I've heard. I think some of the critiques, or, or rather, positive. Uh, views have been oh it's so it's so bold and audacious and you know she's going for it and everything and i'm like yeah yeah that's fine but you know you can find a balance you can acknowledge where you're at you you can say i'm too old for this shit and have the person triumph like you don't you don't have to you know just pretend like it's not that's always the most the biggest nightmare is when someone's pretending it's not happening do you think if it was a bit more knowing that that i do it, it would it would have worked well, I just think you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I guess maybe I'm old-fashioned or, or just or very simple because I, I, I like 
the one last ride. That's why I liked Maverick. It's sort of a one last ride mm. film, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong. Or someone mustering it all for one last one last go. Like, you know, I won't ruin it, but there's a film called The Wrestler with mm. uh, Mickey Rourke, which is exactly about that one last one last go around, you know, and it's and it's. Uh, and it's really great, you know. I think I, I think to to not acknowledge it is a, a missed opportunity. Because the thing is, if you took this script and cleaned it up a bit, like made it a bit tighter and fixed up some of the casting and the rest of it, like uh, if it was young Mae West, it would be different. Like she would be, she would have more energy, she would be more vivacious, and and the script probably remember she wrote all the other ones, and we we I mean well I certainly. I loved all the other ones. Like there was no, she wasn't, it never entered her head to get, you know, lions and to be a lion tamer in this because she, because she wouldn't be able to get away fast enough and it would eat her, you know, like, or or it would smell death on her and go, yeah, I'm going to eat you now, you know, or something. So it's, she just didn't, she didn't have the capability in my mind to be able to do all the cool stuff that she Mm. did when she was, when it was, when it was the thirties and not the seventies. Well, all those double entendres in the 30s were cutting edge, but here yeah, in 1977, right. you kind of like, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I can't imagine her like being bridesmaids or like her, you know, that that sort of comedy mm. that you could, because she could get away with that in 1977. But I, I don't know. I mean, like you say, AJ, it just ends up being a best of all yeah. of her one-liners, you know. And it could have been maybe if she was kind of in on the joke. Maybe if it was a piss out. Like, the cast is amazing. Like, mm, yeah. And some of it pr- could be funny. Some of it was a bit funny. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I So maybe know. if she was in on the joke and if it was... Yeah. Well, well uh, Timothy Dalton gets full marks. Oh, definitely. He was, he was spectacular. Mm. Like, like what, a, what a sport, you know? Like, his, uh, mean, his song is not very good. Oh, terrible. No, none of, none of them are good. No. <laughs> you, the Alice Cooper it. song's pretty good. Yeah. No, that is good. I agree with that. But that seems like an anomaly. All of the other songs are either hers or fucking Dom DeLuise or whatever. And they're not, none well, of them are Well, her songs, like, I, I don't think she could sing at that stage mm. because she just she just talks. Yeah. He, she speaks the talks. lyrics. Yeah. And then the one song she does sing that she's li- lip syncing to a song she released like decades yeah. ago. of you used to tell me baby face you've got the cutest little mm, baby face there's not another one could take your place baby face my poor heart is jumping remember alexi mm, baby face i'm up in heaven when i'm in you well it's funny you should say about these I think the main reason we watch, I think every, everyone watches it for the same reason. You look at the cast mm. and you say, you go, oh, Timothy Dalton, oh, f- fucking Tony Curtis, Ringo Starr, Keith Moon, mm. George Hamilton, Alice Cooper, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I mean, they don't even mention that Jimmy Carter is in mm. it. Yeah. Act- actual real <laughs> Jimmy Carter. And at one point, he's just on the right-hand side of frame, like, hanging around, like, like not even... The main shot, and I'm like, wow, that's so disrespectful. You should, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so I feel like you know all of that uh, is why you watch it. And um, it's funny you mentioned the Alice Cooper. I th- I think um, it makes me want to go and ro- get into some Alice Cooper. Mm. I think mm. you know, um, I know I saw him play live once, but uh, really? but this Alice Cooper is is wicked again. Mm. But we're talking about the same thing. This is you know, 
when you when you've got it and he was he was alive you know mm. here in a way that he, later on you just go oh okay he's sort of a bit resuscitated you know a bit like may west yeah resuscitated you mm. know whereas um yeah but so i think that's the main draw card but like if the guy said from like police squad had written this i'd be fucking down <laughs> yes. i think that that it would be hilarious yeah yes zucker yeah yeah the zucker brothers mm. yeah, that would have been amazing yeah well i don't i don't think may may west would have uh would have gone for that that knowing her age no. sort of thing because she was touchy about it all her yeah. career you know Mm. Well, I th- don't think she aged well. Like, I think because she was so vain that when they yeah. said that they went out for... D- Ringo Starr said when they went out for dinner, she'd arrive early and all the lights would be on her. And Yeah, yeah. now early she'd get, come with a lighting team yeah. and set up all the lights. Which yeah. Is, yeah, pretty vain. That's crazy. <laughs> imagine, well, imagine that. <laughs> I have a quote that, you know, it goes for 90 seconds and I'm going to play this every time this topic comes up. I think it's one of the greatest monologues of all time. Well... Dialogues of all time, and I think this this just need, everyone needs. There's more genius in this simple 90 seconds uh, than people give it credit for, and so here we go. He insisted on telling me once again about his unifying theory of life. Certainly a phenomenon in all walks of life. What do you mean? Well, at one point you've got it, and then you lose it, and it's gone forever. All walks of life. Georgie Best, for example, had it, lost it. Or David Bowie or Lou Reed. Lou Reed, some of his solo stuff's not bad. No, it's not bad, but it's not great either, is it? And in your heart, you kind of know that although it sounds all right, it's actually just shite. So who else? Charlie Nicholas, David Niven, Malcolm McLaren, Elvis Presley. Okay, okay, so what is the point you're trying to make? All I am trying to do, Mark, is to help you understand that the name of the rose is merely a blip on an otherwise uninterrupted downward trajectory. And what about the untouchables? I don't rate that at all. Despite the Academy Award? That means fuck all. It's a sympathy vote. So, we all get old, we can't hack it anymore and that's it? Yeah. That's your theory. Yeah. Sick boy said it best. <laughs> all right. Sick boy said it best. We all get old. We can't hack it no more. That's it. All right. <laughs> so people need to just buck up and deal with that. Like this is the ultimate version of that. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yep. yep. And you can make all the excuses you like. It's like he says, he goes, you know, he's, he's a Lou Reed solo stuff. So he's like, yeah, it's all right. But, you know, at the end, some of it's all right. But really deep down, you know, it's just shy. <laughs> <laughs> You know? <laughs> Yeah. So true. <laughs> What's the deal with tap dancing? I, I've thought oh. this for a while now. Like I've always hated tap dancing. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> they, I, I think they should do it without the metal bits under the shoes. I, I just think it gets in the way of the music. You know. I, I'm gonna walk right now. I love tap dancing so much. <laughs> oh, really? I, I, I got into tap dancing. No, uh, no, you no. did not. As an adult. Get no. out! I no. did. I've got the shoes. <laughs> no, I've got them. I've got them. No, I did. I put a wooden board like in the back no. room. And I did it. I loved it. Okay, singing in the rain got me into it. I love tap dancing. I'm obsessed with it. Okay, it's my favourite type of dancing. Okay, so now you're, now you're, now you're, now you're, now you're. I'm crying. I can do what's called a grab off. 
And that's not a sexual thing. <laughs> just so you know. It's <laughs> I had to learn like a little routine to do it. I think I was like 20. 20 <laughs> do, do you still do it? I don't, but I could easily get back into it. I love it. Like I think it's it's great. It's so good. Oh, just a, I'm so always good. these little gems. Well, <laughs> have you ever seen clogging? Clogging. Clogging. It, <laughs> this is like a. This is a probably a dumb Euro version of. No, tapping, no, right? it's yeah. like a. Um, it? It's like a country and western version of tap dancing. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I could get into that too. I went to. I went to see uh, Bootmen, <laughs> and I loved it. So it was good. It was great. So, I'm out. <laughs> so in answer to your uh, comment, Ricky, no, uh, I don't think the tap dancing is not good. All right. I mean, is it is it good in this movie? I mean, I like the best tap dancing. Like, I watch Fred and Ginger and that. Like, I don't like these guys were doing the sort of the very light. I don't know. It was very bargain basement. You know. <laughs> I think I need a breather. Me too. All right. Well, <laughs> so uh, wait. So I got a question about the plot. Quick before we move on, because we we didn't cover. We, we moved on quickly. How the fuck did the tape go from the manager into the cake? I I don't know. You don't know? Do you know what I mean? The manager goes down to the to the to the kitchen. And he has some argument with the chef about food, and then, then it's and it, this tape ends up in the cake. And then, secondly, Timothy Dalton ends up at the end of the movie giving the tape back to the chef. Mm. Why? To put it in the cake. What stake has he got in that? <laughs> no, because he's a the C- what a, was it called CIA? A Secret Service guy yeah. or something. Yeah. Was he really? Yeah. They say that. Yeah, right. I know I heard it, but I was like, this is not good. And he's talking to someone about it. No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, we'll leave that there. Sorry. I, I, I think I think you'd have to watch it again. You and Katie would have to sit down again, watch it <laughs> from start I, to finish. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I watched this twice. Twice. And I, I am hurting so deeply. You know, well, son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Did you appreciate the gay panic scenes with, (laughs) of course, (laughs) with Timothy Don? Because they they were quite funny. That's my favourite bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's coming up later. Don't you worry. (laughs) We need to bring him back. You know. Well, yeah. Well, no, not. You could never bring it back uh, because we're currently in. I don't know. It feels like week ten of Pride Month right now. I think it's just like. (laughs) If there's ever an era for um, the gay double entendre not to be happening, it's this. It's this right now. No, I never found my ideal woman until now. But you have had other relationships. Relationships? You know, I mean, when you're fond of someone, a relationship. Oh, yes, of course. Um, at Harrow and on the playing fields of Eton. But they're, they're boys' schools, aren't they? I mean, all boys? Indeed they are. You mean you've had relationships with other boys? Oh, my goodness, yes, of course. The rugby team, the football team. The whole team? I'm a team player. I say you are. The camaraderie on the field, the good-natured by-play in the locker room, the jolly 
give and take in the shower. Oh, we all pulled together at Eton, you know. But the but the but the double entendres in this were great. Uh, I think we'll go straight for the big one. So the the movie ends with uh, Lord Barrington saying to uh, Mae West, you've done more for your country than Paul Revere. And she says, well, I'm looking forward to saying the same thing he said. Oh, the British are coming. coming. <laughs> and then a big cannon fires. <laughs> See? It could be written by the police squad guy. Yeah, or, or carry on. Like that, they had the, yes, that, carry so on. all the carry on carry stuff on. I thought was great. Yeah, mm. I was like, yeah, this is great. Um, How's this for a quote? I'm the girl that works at Paramount all day and Fox all night. <laughs> yeah. Took that, me a that second, that fa- one. That was my favourite Took me a second, one. that one. I was like, when I heard it, I was like, oh, wait, what? And I was like, oh, she's, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you think of the cook hating all of the exotic international cuisine? <laughs> That's my point. This is my, my major point for the evening. Okay, it's simple as you like, AJ. Racism is real. Okay, so the cook complains loudly about the different foods. Uh, he singles out the Turks as well. I love how the Turks, um, for a long time now, especially with older generations, have just been like go-to, go-to number one. Like, you know, to, I've never heard a young person complain about the Turks. It's always older people, you know? <laughs> yeah. They've got an older form of racism, you know? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, he's because he, he, he compl- the chef complains that all of the delegates have brought their own, you know, other chefs and and... This is the first of two uh, exotic cuisine-inspired scenes. (laughs) Thank God. Someone to talk to. Oh, sure. Oh, you don't know what I've been through. The summit conference. They've taken over my kitchen. Yeah. They've all come bringing their own cooks. Look at them. Turks, Ethiopians, Orientals, Arabs. They're using... Goat's milk and curry and sheep's eyeballs. God knows what else. Disgusting. Give me a good American hamburger any day. Oh, what? With relish. The second one is when the food is served to the delegates. And the whole point is that they have to share each other's food. And we have the Jewish guy, the Israeli guy... Uh, I mean, he, he complains that the the Arab guy's given him food that isn't kosher, and then they, that starts a fight. You know, um, that's when we used to joke about the Middle East. You know, we were like, it was all fun and games, not funny. Anymore. The historic state dinner has just begun, and now, at last, our television cameras have been allowed into the top secret conference, where it would seem the exchange of native dishes is going swimmingly. What? With my compliments. These are not kosher. How? I don't touch hey, it. Please, may I ask, what is this? Octopus. Octopus. For this, you can stick your oil. And you can stick your wheat. No, pity. Hilly was right. These people are nuts. Would you like to try some defilte fish, sir? No, thanks. I'm doing fine. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, please. We're losing the whole spirit of this dinner. Now, let's show our appreciation for the beauty that that can be found in other cultures and other ways of life. Waiter, this is simply delicious. What is it? Monkey room, sir. I love that there was two big 
deals made about exotic food. Uh, oh, in that scene, that first one, there's also an Asian guy with an Asian-inspired music sting yes. of him mm. stirring his noodles, and it's like, dang, 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 basically yeah. do, doing the, <laughs> what you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, George Hamilton does uh, offensive made-up Italian. Uh, uh, so oh, he does, yes, yes, yes. He says carrot cappuccino, <laughs> yes. marinara. Yes, yes. I mean, that's... <laughs> AJ, did any of that come up in your Duolingo? Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know? I love that bit. So, Tony Curtis also does offensive made-up Russian, uh, mm. but considering the way most people treat Russians now, I think this is okay. <laughs> but I just loved that th- this movie was so... It's so funny because we're so obsessed with race and identity now. And I guess in 1978, I mean, they, it just was a different deal, you know, like we're, we're so obsessed with it now, you know, uh, to the point where, you know, particularly in the West, I don't think it's, I don't think in the other countries there that that is hung up about it. Oh, they don't give a shit. They're no. Yeah. just as racist. Yeah. Well, that's true. You know, or that, that, but they, a lot of the other countries that, that I've been to have, they have a bit of an essentialist idea of their country. Mm. They believe that they have a culture and they, they don't mind saying that. And they, they, Whereas in the West, you have to say, oh, we believe in multiculturalism, which, which as Thomas Sowell has said, which essentially means that, um, you know, everyone else is allowed to have a culture and you have to denigrate yours. Like, that's what, that's what we mean when we say that. So, <laughs> so anyway, this movie was, you know, very obsessed with uh, race in that old-fashioned naked gun sort of way. Yeah. And that first scene of Naked Gun, which I love mm. when the, with the world leaders, <laughs> you know, I knew it. <laughs> I quite like Tony Curtis in this. I, I thought he was quite funny. I, I, I don't like him in much and I thought he was good in this. Yeah. I've never seen him look like this. He looked, he looked quite suave in this. He normally mm. looks really fucking weird. Yeah. Mm. Well, I just so. like just that, that uh, the scene with Mae West where he's like, you know, popping the cork and he's just quite physical you know he's throwing the glasses mm. around yeah. you know for some reason he's throwing each glass he drinks over his shoulder Marlowe my darling tonight we relive the past you remember that vulgar night we spent on the river what? Uh, I mean that night we spent on the river Volga you know who wasn't good? Uh, two people weren't good. Um, Dom DeLuise was not good. He was dreadful, overbearing uh, beast of a man. And secondly... Don't you say Ringo. Keith Moon. Keith Moon. Was, was yes. a ham bone extraordinaire. Yeah. Wild <laughs> silk. Wild silk. This is the problem. Musos should be banned from the movies they they should like you know there's the problem is that some of them like one in a million are amazing like you get them they're just an across they can cross all boundaries they go in front of the camera behind doesn't matter but then uh, others they just don't get it like they just don't understand like prince doesn't understand it like if you watch purple rain i mean i like purple rain but i mean he, he you know, it's not, he's not good in it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and Keith Moon's not good in this. No, it's terrible. Wardrobe! Come on in, ladies! What the devil do you think you're doing? Pick that dress up! Sorry, sir. Marlowe, you look even more magnificent than usual. Wait till you see what Roger has created for you. Lovely, lovely. The pink, the pink, you silly. Wild silk. Oh, wild silk. Beautiful. Wild, wild beautiful. silk. How long is this going to take? 
How long will it take you to undress? Oh, you're looking at the world's champion. In Ringo Starr, it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, Alice Cooper, again, was all right. I was mm. like, oh, yeah. Because that, that had much more toned down performances compared mm. to Keith Moon is just like over the top. Yes, mm. it was Mommy Dearest style, like, <laughs> yeah. performance level. Yeah. Well, good thing he only really gets one scene, so. Yes. You just want to say, stop it, you dreadful man. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. Stop, that. stop all that. What's wrong with you? Mm. Mm-hmm. Let's just get across the box office for a second here. Okay. <laughs> oh. So, here we go. Estimated budget between 4 and $8 million. Grossing, $50,000. Oh. It was a major box office bomb. Well, uh, in one of those docos that we watched, her uh, Mae West's assistant said that they got back in the car and they didn't say a word about it after the premiere. Yeah. They just, she didn't say a word. Mm. (laughs) Well, you don't know what level of reality she was on anyway. That's true. Like, Like, you know, it sounded like she was pretty, I mean, who she is. It, it sounds like she is at that point in her life is Norma Desmond from fucking Sunset Boulevard. Mm. Like she's just on another on another plane of reality. So you know, the, I don't know whether she would have been that aware of it, but maybe it, it sort of it all comes out in the wash. I mean, she did save Paramount, so you know, you, like she yeah. she did save an entire studio. Maybe you're allowed to fucking blow it, you know, <laughs> later on a bit. <laughs> Who's going to talk her out of it though? And and all but all these people who were in it, the reason this movie happened is because they just wanted to hang out with her. She's yeah. ob- she was obviously wonderful company. Mm. You know, what I mean, yeah. like like she seemed fun. I mean, like there's no way that this disparate group of people because none of them did it because they thought it was a good script. They didn't. No. They, none of them did it because it was going to win them an Oscar. They did it because I think Ringo Starr even says it in one of the dockers. He says, "Yeah, I just wanted to hang out with May," mm. and yeah. that it must be all worth it. Mm. You know. Yeah. Well, if you think of it, you know. Uh, how long she lived, but the time period she lived, you know, I mean, she crossed from 1800, late 1800s through all the classic Hollywood stuff like um, vaudeville, you know, all the way through to the swinging 60s. Like she would have, she'd have some amazing stories, you know, she'd be mm. an amazing person to hang out with. Yeah. And she, and look, you know, although we've been slamming this film, at the end of the day, Mae West was, you know, she's, she was She's legendary, and and even in her eighties, even past it, even embarrassing herself here, still way more fun than a lot of the knob knob ends we've got running the show right now. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like she's way fun. Like like I mean, all these lines are, you know. I think it's just fun, bawdy fun. Mm. Like like all the stuff she said is what people get fired for now. Yeah. Like, like you know, they tweet out something like that's meant. That's the same shit. They they say stuff like, you know, like set a gun in your pocket or whatever. And then someone says, <laughs> "Oh, you misogynist! You're, I want you to lose everything." <laughs> you we know? should cre- create a Twitter account, Mayo West on Twitter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm sure there already is one. Yeah. <laughs> one. And just random shit. <laughs> well, uh, let's knock this off, shall we, AJ? Keeper or creeper? Just quickly, while we're while oh. we're in while we're around. I mean, ugh. it's uh, <laughs> it's. I mean, you know, that sex tet. This could be up to six people, but I only picked a couple, and okay. you know. So, firstly, Tony Curtis as Alexei Andreev Karansky, aka Sexy Alexei. <laughs> He's been disqualified because I believe in peace. 
okay? Oh. And that means wiping Russians off the face of the earth. <laughs> so uh, we can't talk about him. But we will talk about Timothy Dalton as Sir Michael Barrington. I don't know. These are all pretty, pretty short. Very lean. Um, very English. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what you think of that. Posh, I guess. Hmm. Yep. Went yep. to Eton. Um, that's where Boris Johnson and all that went. So it's pretty, you know, up, uh, I guess, you know, prestigious. <laughs> now, this is the main thing. He's not, but most people think he's a bender. Yeah. So, so is Femme. Well, it's, I don't know what it is. It's weird. Like, just for whatever reason, he can't stop saying stuff that sounds like he's into bumming. Yeah. yeah. Like he cocks so, the entire crew. Yeah. He was Tobias before Tobias. <laughs> <laughs> the world's first anaerobist. <laughs> so um, that's uh, Sir Michael Barrington. Next up, Dom DeLuise <laughs> as Dan Turner. Song and dance man. <laughs> so I don't know if that appeals to you. Did you like his song and dance? No. <laughs> no, dreadful man. Um Funny face, though. So I don't know if you think if you're like, like that might be enough, you know. Now, this is, I know I always bring this stuff up, but I just have to, bald horseshoe pattern. So I don't know, you know, I know that that's not a big deal for some women. They say it's not a big deal, but we know it is. So full horseshoe. That's true. So don't expect that it's ever coming back. It's It's gone, okay? <laughs> Yeah, now the biggest thing with him is he's always on, so yeah. I don't know if you need if you if you need him to get serious mm. or be <laughs> you know do some stuff for you that doesn't involve him being like on on all the time. Mm. That might grate on you. George Hamilton as Vance Norton, suave. Mm. Okay, uh, Mediterranean looks. Mm. All right, he works in the family business, so. Mm. Tough guy energy. That's true. Uh, now, I don't know how to say this. I think he <laughs> might be fake Italian. Oh. So, I think he uses tanning machines and speaks in a kind of made-up Italian where he says, as I said before, marinara, cappuccino, <laughs> all that stuff. Now, I know that's fair game because he's, he's white, I guess. But uh, that's, that is what it is. So, anyway... Gabriel Graber, there's three very different sorts of guys, different energies, all right? So, Sir Sir Michael Barrington, Keeper or Creeper? Mm, no. Creeper. Creep. Okay. All right. Uh, Dom DeLuise as Dan Turner. <laughs> Look, usually, I love this kind of guy. Yes, but, true. But the aunt, yeah, I can't. He's always he on. A, he was annoying as far. ADHD. Yeah. 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 Well, well, okay, fair enough. Okay, Creeper. And finally, uh, George Hamilton, Vance Norton. Ooh, he's coming close. <laughs> but but he was, yeah, a bit pushy. bit pushy, yeah. <laughs> I've always liked George Hamilton, though. I don't know why. I, don't, I just think he's, I think he's great. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, that's Keeper or Creeper. No winners tonight, and, uh, mm. you know, we only want the best. So, so I'm glad you <laughs> kept, it, kept it authentic. <laughs> You want some trivia? Yeah, go on. So Arnold Schwarzenegger turned down the role of Sir Michael Barrington. Wow. Oh, wow. Imagine if that happened. He would have had to sing with his ridiculous accent. 
1978, Arnie. Durst will pump mm. yes. Arnie. Yes. You can see why Mae West wanted him. Yeah, she I loves the muscles. Yeah. But this is even before Conan. I think uh, yeah, I think Arnie had he had a bit of a knack for knowing when to be in things and when not to be in things. Yeah, so. first time I've seen him properly was he's in an, a great Altman film, Robert Altman film called The Long, Long Goodbye uh, with Elliot Gould, and he's one of the henchmen in it. And it's the first time you see his body and everything. It's the early seventies, and yeah, like I don't know, he was he's, he had it even then. Mm. Not saying anything. Uh, so Alice Cooper recorded the piano ballad No Time for Tears for his scene in this movie. Mae West rejected it, saying her character would never cry over the loss of a man. The song was ultimately replaced with the peppy disco number Next Next. Uh, no Time for Tears was included in the box set The Life and Crimes of Alice Cooper, but Next Next has never made it onto an album. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, this movie is listed among the 100 most uh, amusingly bad movies ever made in the official Razzie Movie Guide. Um, so the film was a critical and commercial failure when Crown International re-released it on the New York Midnight Movie Circuit in uh, 1979. It was embraced by gay audiences who dressed up as the characters and shouted lines at the screen. It ran regularly in New York and California through the early 1980s. Can we bring those guys back? Can fun we bring? Gays. Can we bring the fun guys back, please? What? What? Where did they go? They got They've old. Been erased. No, but like, why? They used to, do, you know, do cool stuff like that. Now, the stuff I'm seeing on Twitter is not cool. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's different. It's not fun. You know. Anyway, moving on. So uh, Dan Turner says that Sir Michael Barrington is a spy who's bigger than 007. Timothy Dalton went on to portray James Bond in The Living Daylights, 1987, and License to Kill, 1989. And I think he's quite an underrated James Bond. It's fucking wicked. Don't believe anyone who says they don't like Timothy Dalton's Bonds. Like, if if someone's talking that, just walk away. Like, I mean... (laughs) Seriously, just walk away. What are they talking about? Like I'd just be like, like what, what, what's? I'd be like, what's your beef? Like, 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 like he's 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 fucking great. Like, like I mean, you know, what's what's your problem, man? Shut up. You know? uh, Alice Cooper has claimed on numerous occasions that Mae West sexually propositioned each of the movie's male <laughs> male co-stars. <laughs> fucking wicked good. Ah, That's good. Amazing. He deserves it too. <laughs> The producers hired several rock stars to try and attract a younger audience, and West was initially quite apprehensive, but uh, she and Cooper had a mutual friend in Groucho Marx who took her to one of his concerts. West uh, gradually warmed to Cooper, and filming went off without a hitch. That's so fucking cool. I miss that. Rock star. You know, I love that era. There was this handover period, you know, in the 60s and 70s between old Hollywood and new Hollywood mm. and the idea of Groucho Marx who is who's a fucking solid gold <laughs> legend yeah. like just like an absolute legend uh, you know being around Alice Cooper that's so cool to me <laughs> you know is. like that is just so cool like uh, you know uh, wow what an era what a, what a what a wonderful era Hugh Hefner was in this movie but his scenes were left on the cutting room floor Aww. good good rapist <laughs> is he good don't know, don't know. Just no smoke without fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as soon as I he's say. dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Once he's yeah. dead, you're like a fucking rapist. <laughs> and everyone's like, wait, well, why didn't you say it when he's alive? Well, just, you know, didn't... <laughs> didn't get around uh, to it. Didn't get around to it. Didn't get around to it. And you go, mm, really? 
<laughs> you weren't like still on the you, you, not because you wanted all that money with working on the payroll. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Ooh, who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> so Lawrence Olivier, uh, David Niven, Elton John, and Charlton Heston were signed on to co-star, but they all dropped out by the time filming commenced. I could see them all in Aww. this, and they've all done terrible work at the si- around about the same time. <laughs> so. You know what I mean? All of them. They've all done work just like this. Well, I've, go, I've oh. never been a fan of Charlton Heston. Mm. No. I like I like almost anyone in Hollywood. Like, I mean, anyone's pretty good, but he is one. And actually, that's why I don't like Touch of Evil. Him and Janet Lee, I have no time yes. for. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've talked about, we've talked about Janet Lee before. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Unsexy librarian. Yeah, talk, yeah. Yeah. Just the worst. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. You know? Like, Tippi Hedren, hot. Yes. You know? So that's for another yeah. time. So when 84-year-old Mae West learned that 52-year-old Tony Curtis had been cast, she was furious, feeling that he was far too old to play one of her husbands. That's She amazing. first greeted him by asking if he was going to wear a wig to cover his bald spot. Love it. She's just in the wrong era because now that's, you could say that now. You could say that in New York Times now. And people would say, yeah, too right. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so my last trivia here to promote the film in the summer of 1977, there were giant pink billboards in Los Angeles declaring May West is coming. Oh. <laughs> See, that's good. I like that. That's good. We need more of that. Uh, well, so the Me Too Media tonight, got a few things. Double entendres. All right. The double entendre is simply covert hate speech. All right. I know what they'll say. It's witty. It's clever. That we don't get it. Oh, we get it, all right. You know. So, for example, quote: "I'm the girl that works at Paramount all day and Fox all night. I can fix that. This this is how to make it. You know, non hate speechy. I'm the girl that runs Paramount, and I also work at Fox. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag girl boss. So <laughs> there you go. Fixed. I fixed it. Literal. That, <laughs> that one's yeah. fixed because she, if, you know, why should she not be running Paramount? <laughs> that is what I would say to that. So next up, uh, marriage is like a book. The whole story takes place between the covers. That was amazing. Right. Well, I don't understand this one <laughs> because I only read books about anti-racism. So mar- <laughs> uh, here we go. Marriage is like a book about anti-racism. It's longer than it should be. And it's made up of rules no one understands. <laughs> <laughs> that was a trick. You're both racists. Okay. Uh, I've never been in that. I've never seen that position before uh, is another quote there. Not really an entendre, but still, you know, she's looking up at a man and it contorted with his legs splayed. And all I'll say about that is she's obviously never been to any Pride Month functions because I've seen that, um, that position quite a lot. So, next up, <laughs> is that a gun in your pocket or are you just glad to see me? Now, guns are terrible, okay? And they should never be the subject of jokes, which, you know, we don't need guns, okay? We don't need guns, except the ones we sent to Ukraine. Those are fine. But all the other ones are terrible. And this entendre is somewhat truthful, though, as it points out the link between the phallus and violence. <laughs> and... I don't know about you, Ricky, but I, for one, am terrified of this cannon between my legs. <laughs> Chop it off. You're lazy, yeah, Dick. That's right. <laughs> so, Lord Barrington's buggery, all right? Gay panic is no laughing matter also. 
you know, we have these these sorts of, this sorts of filth. Listen to this. I'm Gil Stratton. I'm a sportscaster for CBN. Oh, how do you do? Nice how do you do? Meet you. Nice meeting you. Yes, well, there's obviously one or two things that have to be straightened out. After reading your interview this morning, I can understand. Yes, an, an evident misunderstanding. You could say that. You see, I'm a, I'm a sportsman, an athlete. Oh, that's my bag. Mm, good. Um, you know, a, a man's man and a lady's man, too. Both? Certainly. In fact, you know, at Oxford, I was considered to be quite a coxswain. I beg your pardon? In 69, I coxed the entire crew. You did? Mm. First with uh, four oars. Four? And then later I coxed with uh, eight oars. Eight? Well, it, it, it was a bit of a strain, but uh, yes, I did. Sir Michael, for our American viewers, when you say oars, do you mean oars or oars? Oars? Oh. An oar is an oar, isn't it? Phil. <laughs> Phil. Hate speech. You know. I suppose that's funny, is it? Gay panic is no laughing matter, as I've said. All right. Uh, there are several scenes involving Olympic, uh, an Olympic athletics team. Basically, it's a group of jacked up bohunks flexing and popping before our very eyes. <laughs> as we said, Mae West liked the company of big studs, but there's something else going on here and The Guardian is all over it, okay? We'll get into that in a second. But first, a couple of other headlines that are sort of similarly related. I did some hunting about this. This is what's wrong. This is from The New York Times. New York Times, the dark side of male fitness internet. Okay, oh. next up, this is from uh, the Independent. Men who visit the gym are often less likely to believe in socioeconomic equality. Finds research. Okay, this is from the Guardian. Fascist fitness: How the far right is recruiting with online gym groups. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'll read some of this. The far right is increasing. This is by Mark Townsend. Send all your love letters to him. The far right is increasingly recruiting via online fitness groups whose popularity soared during the pandemic, prompting fears that new members are being radicalized to commit acts of violence, new analysis shows. Researchers have detected a network of online fascist fitness chat groups on the messaging app Telegram, with a large number directly linked to the neo-Nazi patriotic alternative of Britain's biggest extreme right group. European and US fight groups are regularly glorified in these groups including the white supremacist Rise Above Movement, notorious for having four members arrested in 2018 uh, for inciting and participating in violence against anti-racist protesters. protesters. Uh, among the UK groups to, to Lord Ram is the White Stag Athletic Club, whose members post images of swastika flags and celebrated the acquittal last November of Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, at home fitness boomed during the, this is a reach, hey, this article <laughs> at, at, at home fitness boomed during the pandemic with some digital fitness apps attracting tens of millions. What the fuck are they talking about? And online groups proliferating to replace gym closures analysis by anti-fascist organizations. Hope not hate says the British far right has positioned physical fitness as part of a white quote, wider political struggle and helped to explain how online groups like WSAC could grow even after COVID restrictions have been found. So, I, all I can say is, 
that oh here's one last quote from this is from one of the researchers these fitness groups frame individual self-improvement as part of a wider political struggle creating fresh motivation and a sense of purpose for people who believe that physical confrontation and violence are legitimate and necessary they become a space for far-right uh, activists to mobilize well you know what the only way to becoming uh, to to avoid becoming fascist is to avoid working out at all costs i say yes uh, avoid exercise of any kind Think of all the articles you'll be able to write defending your disgusting body and uh, shaming all the people who won't have sex with it, uh, lest they throw up in their mouths. Uh, furthermore, the best way to get men to stop looking at your assets is to make sure you're in end-stage diabetes so you have to get them amputated. Okay. <laughs> so, fucking hell. so that's the me too meter. <laughs> Uh, heavy so heavy stuff <laughs> but you know it's uh hit and miss what can i say like, like life how, <laughs> anyway. how, how do we score this one because again, again Ma- may west is she you know she's the one in control of the, of the film you well know? yeah because the thing is you know you you have to say because the, the rules are simple now it's you know, if, if a man is, you know, in any way older than the woman, it's disgusting, patriarchy, misogyny. But at the same time, if the woman's older, it's fucking beautiful, it's gorgeous, it's Hugh Jackman's wife, it's it's the way it should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all of that. All that good stuff. So His, his, his wife. <laughs> yes, well, yes. In inverted so, commas. So, I don't know, That that's part of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, also I, they they do pimp her out. Like she's she's tasked with sleeping with all these delegates to uh, you know make mm. whatever the hell they're voting on. But wait, what's the rules? What's the rules? So, you know, with the promiscuity that that is great now. Like like with everyone thinks is great. So, what's the rules? Like, is it how does it matter? Do you have to be in charge, or can you? Uh, I think you it's know? only beautiful if she gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true because sex work is real work yes, yes. And, and I didn't yes. see any exchange of of, of money she's of money for here. a country she's doing yes but but if you, but that's the patri- thing ah. no you can't be no you can't be no 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 you can't no so if you acknowledge that that um, America is is um, has any values that um, are positive uh, or that's ever done anything good then I don't know. You should probably be wiped off the face of the earth is probably what I'd be thinking. But uh, so I don't know. I don't know what to say. And but the, but the fact is, because the, these du- the double entendres, people, I love them because, you know, stiffs hate them, you know. <laughs> yeah. And they, a lot of them still work in this. They're, they're mm. just like, you know, they're great. And people can't, they want to send you to HR and stuff and get you destroyed but they they've got to work for it. They're like, oh well, they said something. You know, it's it's sort of hidden behind this wonderful veil, mm. you know. And uh, I love that. It's clever and witty, and so I feel like the the people on the left would hate it. But then again, there is that 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 group of people that strain at the Guardian, which is hanging on to Mae West and stuff like that, and thinking that they they're allowed to like her and mm. stuff. Mm. They're like, oh, hanging on to Ken Russell, hanging on to all the people that we've talked about. Mm. The Hodorowski. They're the, they're the people going, 
oh yes, a dare, daring, daring movie, and they write it down, <laughs> and they they like they they put out the blog, and they but they're holding their breath. Yeah, they're putting it out there, and they're holding it, but they're waiting for these lunatics who work at the Washington Post right now, Taylor Lorenz and the rest of them too, to pick it up. Did to pick it up and to say, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. I I don't watch movies. I don't I don't really watch movies. I just like go on the internet and you know be a troll, but. Mm. I watched this thing, this movie that you mentioned in this review, colleague, that we've wor- we've worked together for 10 years. Um, you're fucking cancelled. And I hate you. And you're like, but you came to my wedding. And it's like, I don't care. I hate you now. Okay. <laughs> what is this? Hodorowski fucking misogynist asshole. I watched the first 10 minutes of El Topo. And there was child nudity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was everything that everything. you didn't want. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there's no child True. nudity in this one. But That's as true. you know, it, it it can never score a zero. So That's I'm true. thinking I'm thinking maybe five. Okay, five. Three? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I felt like it was like an eight, but. <laughs> <laughs> so That's the thing. I don't know. I feel like I I feel like you know, because the thing is, you have to get. I think it is high, but you have to get them to care because because wokes doesn't that only and. You know, ideologues only care about stuff that is consequential because this isn't consequential. Mm. They don't. They wouldn't care. You know, they they only care about things that um, get in their way. Mm. Anything good that gets in their way, they're like, "Fuck you!" They're like, "You want to go in this movie? You want to?" They're like, "Tom Tom Hanks, you think you're going to play a gay man? Fuck you! <laughs> Never again." And then it, no one watched know. this movie even back when it was released. So, I know, so it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't really matter. matter. <laughs> It doesn't really matter what happened, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we finish with some reviews? Go on. Please. So, uh, most critics panned the film. Variety dubbed it a cruel, no unne- unne- unnecessary, and mostly unfunny musical comedy. <laughs> the New York Times critic Vincent Canby called Sextet embarrassing and said in reference <laughs> to West that Granny should have her mouth washed out with soap along with her teeth. Los Angeles Times said it would be cherished by her fans. Film Inc. said um, the film is absurd but almost compulsive in its randomness. Film critic Rex Reed also gave the film a negative review, calling the film a total unbearable bomb, more like a training film for a retired French whores than anything else. Fuck. (laughs) Got that. I mean, I said some heavy stuff, but these guys are just nasty. (laughs) Caddy too. Alright. That's it. That's it. That's May West. Oh, it's a downer. Yeah. It's a downer. You ended on a downer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we'll revisit because there's more there's more to cover perhaps next year. We'll we'll, we'll swing back and do the rest of them. Alright, well to pick the next cycle, I have some quotes for you and you need to duke it out amongst yourselves. So here we go. I got four for you tonight. The first quote, number one, here we go. Lola Langusta, practitioner of the black sock. Fond of drug-induced fantasies, Lola Langusta, hotter than a Mexican's lunch. That's number one, okay? Two, you know, you're bigger than Freddie and Jason now, only you're a real person. Okay, that's number two. Number three, I've heard better singing from a mongoose with throat cancer. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) number four, you've penetrated me. There is no escape. You are within me. Come into my center. Come into the center of the crystal. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it was one in four in terms of the yeah. just elaborateness of the of the quote. So great. I'll, I'll I'll go four. Oh, how exciting! This is wonderful. You've picked you've picked great, and I think we should. This is going to be great. So the film that we're going to start with is Zardoz. Oh with, yes, uh, I've been wanting Sean to see Connery. this. So this is Sean Connery in Zardoz, uh, directed by John Borman. I think we should probably knock off some other Borman films while we're there. Why the fuck not? Uh, but this film it is top top shelf. <laughs> <laughs> it's top shelf. So I want you to watch it early in the week and okay. watch it again because it's uh, it's going to be a lot to talk about. I I feel like with like you know, oh, well let's be honest. Watching Sex Tet this week it was it, it was tough. It was a tough. Watch. <laughs> All right, it was tough. It was like I, I was having an existential crisis. <laughs> but this Zardoz, you ain't going to have that. You're going to watch it and you're just going to go, this is, oh, we need two shows to talk about it. <laughs> I, have so a feeling, I have a feeling, though, my wife's going to hate you for it. <laughs> sure uh, your does. wife is not going to like this movie, Sean Connery or me, by the end of it. So that's that. So, uh, yes. <laughs> That's uh, that's it for this week. And, um, you know, we said what we said. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just got to... You just got to grin and bear it at this, by gotta, this stage. <laughs> you do, you do, you do, you do. Imagine if someone tuned into Sex Tech. Yeah. <laughs> Episode as their first episode. Yes. They're like, oh, I just thought I, I just thought I checked out. Firstly, I clicked on this this audio, uh, you know, this podcast called Side Boob Cinema, and then secondly, it was about it was about this movie called Sex Tet. And uh, anyway, if that's you, uh, come back next week. I apologize. <laughs> apologize. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. Son of a bitch! I <laughs> watch this twice. Um, I think Ricky's off. Ricky's off, <laughs> and now he's going to send me a message saying I'm trapped in the internet. Oh no, he's back. Okay, all right.